song was uh, Father and Son. It's by uh, Cat Stevens. And that song's a uh, conversation between uh, a father and a son. And the, the father is struggling to, to let go. And, and he's letting go so his son can forge this new future. And it's really a, a pretty tender song, yet painful. Uh, and it, uh, it's got a sweetness and a little bit of sadness. And I bet if... Uh, any of you that your kids have recently left the nest, that song probably spoke volumes to you. Uh, the fact is, parenting, you have those moments. Uh, I remember when our, our girls, uh, each of them left the nest, and it's just, it's sweet and yet painful at the same time. Family is the most precious commodity that you have. And it doesn't matter if you're here today and you're a student or you're single. Uh, It doesn't matter if you're a spouse or a parent or a grandparent. All of us are connected to a family unit. And the fact is, when I say family, for some of you, in fact, many of you, you would think about togetherness. You would think about unity and teamwork. We're, We're starting this series, we're calling it In the Zone. And my hope and prayer for this series is that parents and families get in the zone. Because as you get in the zone, and you get in the zone with God, you realize you have been given an incredible responsibility. I believe when you get in the zone with God, you begin to grasp the importance of your role as a parent, uh, as a grandparent, And the fact is, you begin to invest your time and your energy in things that matter when you get in that zone. You maintain a very clear perspective or vision, you might say, about what's really important. And you begin to understand God's design for parents and children and family. And so we're going to get in the zone. In the next few weeks, what I'm going to do is parallel the family with athletics, thus the jersey this morning. So I know as I say that for some of you, you go, that's a uh, stretch, but it's really not. One of the the favorite metaphors you find in the Bible is the biblical writers will describe the Christian walk. Oftentimes they'll they'll take the, the Christian life and they compare it to athletic life. And the fact is, I think, it, I think it makes sense. So today, what we're going to do, we're going to parallel the family with basketball. You know, you're, we're going to look at some of the core values today. And I'm going to challenge you to raise your game. Raise your game as parents, grandparents. That The fact is, if you get everything right as a parent, but you miss the goal we're going to talk about, You can get it all right, but you fail to score on this goal, you will regret it someday. In other words, it's it's not enough as a parent to go, well, you know, we're in the arena. You know, it's not enough to say, well, you know, we're in the stands and we're cheering for our kids. It's not enough to even hit the the court and scrimmage a little bit. The fact is you got to get in the game. You've got to attack the glass. You've you got to take the shot. In other words, you've got to get the ball through the net, and you've got to score. You've got to score on this one. 
And I know as I say that, for, for some of you, you go, yeah, I don't, I don't like keeping score. I mean, scoring isn't important. Well, scoring's the difference between winning and losing. And when it comes to parenting, parenting your children, the children God's entrusted to you, friends, it is more than a game. It is more than a game. The fact is, you have to raise it. You have to raise your level. I had a coach who used to say, it's not the hours that you put in, it's what you put into the hours. And the question I want to ask this morning, what are you putting into the hours? This is a uh, challenging, I'll I'll be honest, a daunting uh, task to talk on. And my aim, again, raise your game as parents, help us as grandparents, and to help us as a church to raise our game. And I believe the more you practice, the more you develop your skills in parenting, the more time you spend on the court, you know, kind of sweating it, preparing, working out, the more you discipline yourself, you know, you practice and go through the kind of the shooting drills, so to speak. What happens is you raise your game when you do that. You raise your shooting percentage. And so, game on this morning, all right? First thing, above all else, make God known. Make God known. In every activity of your life, that ought to be the value that is central in your life. You know, I believe God created the family. He was the inventor, the designer of the family. The family, by design, is kind of home court, so to speak. It's where children uh, develop and practice. It's where they grow in their life. And, And at a very young age, children will kind of fire those shots at you. You know, you ever have your kids ask you questions and you're like, ooh, tough, it's tough, you know, why am I here, Dad? You know, where am I going? Am I, what, what's the meaning of life? You know, where do, where do you go when you die? You know, what's right? What's wrong? Why do I have to do this? <laughs> why can't I do that? Anybody, any, any kids ask that question? I mean, as parents, you got to rebound those shots. you got to take those questions on. you got to help your kids work through it. And I know sometimes it's, it's very difficult. I mean, it's kind of daunting. You know, a kid asks a simple question, and yet very complex. You know, will we see Fluffy when we get to heaven? Will Spot be there? I mean, it's difficult. It's tough. And I will tell you, that for you to shrug your shoulders, kind of give them a quizzical look or pat them on the head, it won't cut it. You've got to give them answers, and I believe that you've got to know God, and you've got to make God known throughout their, their, their lives as they're growing up. You've got to tell your, your kids uh, how, how God works in their life. You've got to mark them at a very early age. Your kids need to know that they are fashioned and they are created fearfully and wonderfully. They're, they're made in the image of our creator that they have unique skills and gifts that are God-given. 
they need to understand that when they give themselves to God, you know, and they use their, their aptitude and their abilities and they're developing those things, and when they use those for God, and they honor God with the things that they say and the things that they do, that they are going to be able to achieve that, that full potential in their life when they lay those things down at God's feet. You know, that they will reach their potential relationally when that happens and spiritually and emotionally. But they have to learn that. You know, when kids learn that they're not an accident, they're not here by by chance or circumstance, I I believe when a child understands that there's a God that, that loves them, it registers. They say, you know what, I matter. I'm important. I have a purpose in life. I am a loved person. Not only do my parents love me, but I have a God that loves me. Parents, you've got to make God known to them. You need to make that your goal. Because that's where amazing happens. That's where things change for for children. You know, Proverbs 3, 6, it says, In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will what? straight. Hmm. When you know God. See, a lot of us know about God, but we don't know God. And that jams you up. You, you've got to know God. You know, for, for instance, let's just say you're at the mall today, and you're walking and you, you spot someone, maybe it's a clerk, maybe, maybe somebody just walk, walks by you, but they've uh, got a shirt on that's got their name on it. And let's just say the name's Smith, okay? So you go home and we say, well, make Smith known to your family. Well, I just passed him at the mall. All right. Family, you know, kids, you ought to meet this guy. His name's Smith. He, he's something. He's really something. He, he's got an excellent shirt, got his name on it. I saw it. Shoes, yeah, they were pretty cool. Can, can you imagine trying to do that? I know it's silly, but can you imagine trying to convince your family that they really need to meet this guy? You can't do it because you don't know him. And so many times, parents, you're trying to make God known, and the reality is, if you don't have a personal relationship with God, well, good luck with that. Any uh, NBA fans out there? I know there's one. (laughs) You know, I am blown away by the uh, contracts that NBA players are, are getting today. They, uh, Anthony Davis, I don't know if anybody followed it, but by the way, former University of Kentucky young man, signed a $145 million five-year contract. It's the richest contract in NBA history. And all the guy has to do is put on a tank top and take a basketball and put it through an iron rim. $145 million. And I was thinking, you know what? I don't care if it was $500 million. It's chump change compared to the price that God paid for you. 
You know, he gave up his son, allowed him to die on the cross. He gave it all up for you. You know, making a difference in your life. That's how much God loves you. And in a way, God's kind of put together a contract. The deal's already been done. The the turnovers in your life, the mistakes, the, the sin that you've accumulated has been taken care of by the blood of Jesus Christ. And God has simply said, here's what my son did. Now sign the contract. You know, we call it a covenant in the church. You sign the contract or don't sign the contract. Really, it's up to you. But friends, till you sign that contract, till you take that step, you're not part of the team. And I know a lot of people think, well, I'm already part of the team. Well, you're not if you don't accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And many people have never taken that step. But the moment you take that step, put your name on the contract, so to speak, there's this transaction that takes place. It's a cosmic transaction where God takes all that guilt and all that shame and all that pain and all that turmoil and all that stuff you've been carrying for a lot of years. And God says, you know what? We're going to transfer that over to Jesus' shoulders. Let him carry it. And at the same time, God says, we're going to take the righteousness and the grace and the power and the purpose that Jesus Christ can give your life, and we're going to kind of transfer that into your heart, and all of a sudden, life's very, very different. And my prayer every every week, not just uh, through this series, but every week, is that people will simply say, you know what, I want to give my life to God. I want to do life God's way. I want Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. I want to know God in a personal way. Many of you have taken that step. Some of you need to take that step. But let's just say, for argument's sake this morning, you've made that choice. You've signed that contract that that you know God and you're, you're working on your relationship with God. How do you make God known to your kids? Well, I think there's several things you can do. One, pray with them. Do you pray with your kids? Do you pray with your grandkids? I mean, mealtime's a good opportunity, bedtime. But the question is, do do you pray with them anytime? When, When your kids see you praying, what what it does for them is they see mom and dad submitting themselves to something higher, higher authority. And here's what it, listen, here's what it does for your children. When they see you take that step, it makes it easier for them to submit themselves to you. Because they go, my mom and dad submit to someone. You know, when our girls uh, were little, they were still in the house, we would pray with them. And we prayed at dinner, and we'd pray at bedtimes and uh, other times. But we would share with them, and again, listen, age-appropriate stuff. We would tell them needs that we had, thanksgivings that we had, things that we feared or were going through, age-appropriate. Prayer helps a family bond. Prayer brings you together. 
And as they see you praying, and as they begin praying, what it does is it teaches them how to pray. And it's life-changing stuff. I mean, prayer is. You know, read, read your Bible with them. Spend time in God's Word. And I know as I say that, some of you go, yeah, but, you know, our kids are little, or they just don't have an attention span for it. Or I just don't understand the Bible, so not only are they not going to hear about the Bible, you're not experiencing the growth that can happen. I want to challenge you on that. Get a Bible. Get a Bible that's written at their level. Uh, Get one of the story Bibles. Go to the Christian bookstore. Talk to them about, you know, I've got a child this age. Is there some good Bibles? And help them understand that there is life-changing stuff in God's Word. Talk about the, the, uh, a verse out of Scripture, you know. Find a verse that's age-appropriate where they can understand it and just talk about the implications uh, of that verse. Teach them the importance of God's Word. Again, life-changing. It's life-changing stuff that you're teaching your children. You know, show them that God's Word's full of wisdom because it is. Show them that, that God has a plan for their life, that God, God has a better way to live life than what the world's offering. I don't know about you, but it, it's kind of frightening what the world wants to offer and very destructive. And then attend church regularly. And I, I know I've got to define being in church regularly. It's more than Christmas and Easter or special days. It's three or four times a month. You know, it's regular. We're, we're here more than we're not here. Again, it helps your children grow in their faith. It teaches them discipline. It teaches them the priority of God in their life. Get your kids to church. Get them plugged into the zone. I mean, I'm so excited about the new zone area, but I'm more excited that the kids have a place where they can grow in their faith. Do you know what they're talking about today? Jonah. Talk about it. You know, they're going to talk about the importance of choices, I don't know about you, but it'd probably be good if kids learn the importance of choices. You know, if your kids are in middle school or high school, get them in the zone midweek, you know. Get them here on Wednesday night. It's fundamental. It will help them grow. It'll help them be better people, and it'll help them understand how God fits in that. It'll build their faith. It'll build their faith in, in God and their relationship with God. It'll help them build relationships with other Christian children and youth and adults. You know, I don't know about you, but my guess is your kids need other people speaking into their life. You know, those of you that don't have children, I hope you're always spotting our kids around here and encouraging them in their faith and in school and those kinds of things. Get them involved. Because when you get them involved in the various zone activities... What happens is they discover and they learn that there is a transcendent God that is head over heels in love with them, that cares about what's happening in their life. You know, we spend a a great deal of money, time, and energy trying to teach children, point them toward God, point them toward what God can do in their life, the importance of, of Jesus Christ in their life. You know, we do that because it matters. It's the most important thing. You cannot put a price tag on that one. It is defining, it is fundamental, and it marks eternity. 
It's the only thing that's going to matter in eternity. I saw an interview with uh, Steph Curry. Um, he's a point guard for uh, Golden State Warriors that won the NBA championship this year. And not only did they win the championship, he was uh, MVP of the league, three-point shooter champ this past year, and voted for the second time into the All-Star game. He is considered one of the best shooters in NBA history, and all of that, and he's, he's only 27 years old. He has a brother, I don't know if you know this, he has a brother named Seth, who also is in the NBA, and his father, Dell, played in the NBA for 16 years, and I remember watching him play. They asked Seth, or uh, Steph, this. They said, what is the reason that you're in the NBA? Why are you there? And it was a very interesting answer because he said, as a, as a child, my father taught me and my brother the fundamentals of the game. And he said, we built on those fundamentals. He said, fundamentals are absolutely imperative if you're going to play the game. Parents, help your children learn and build on the Christian fundamentals. Help them build because it will help them grow. It will help them develop. The, the forces in this world are very great, and they're a little bit sinister these days. And our culture, I believe, is intent on ripping the family apart. God has a different plan for that. We have to teach our children. We have to love our children and protect our children. But we need to be teaching them the fundamentals so that they're able to navigate in this crazy world. Parents, you've got to get your kids here. And they can't drive, all right? Well, many of them can't even see over the, the steering wheel to get here. They're counting on you, mom and dad. They're counting on you to get them here. Your life should revolve around this value. Because if it doesn't, you will regret it someday. The value is that your kids know God. K-N-O-W. The alternative is no God. N-O. Two very, very different ways to live. I believe what the Bible says about heaven and hell. And I believe that all of us here will spend eternity in one of two places. Either heaven or hell. You get heaven if you sign the contract and you say, you know what? I want Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And you get hell if you say, no, I'm going to do life my way. I don't need a Savior. And I definitely don't need a God. Friends, I can't imagine spend an eternity in heaven without my children and my grandchildren. And I will do whatever it takes to make sure God's known 
and that they know God and that they see that I know God. Top priority, top shelf, most important thing. Philippians 3.10 says, all I want is to know Christ and to experience the power of his resurrection. Right there, friends. You do that, nothing but net. I, I don't see a downside to this. It ought to be our top priority. Here's the second thing. You need a playbook. You need a plan for your family. I'll never forget, I think I've shared this before, but my uh, freshman year at uh, Lincoln Christian College, uh, I was uh, playing a practice game, and uh, we were playing uh, ISU. And we were, we were jazzed. I mean, we're fired up about it. And we're, we're warming up before the, the tip-off, and coach called us together. I think, okay, he's going to give us this phenomenal game plan. He goes, boys, go out there and have a good time. I'm like, what? That's it? Go out and have a good time? Well, ISU had a great time. They beat us by 31 points. <laughs> Friends, I would not cook a meal without a meal plan. I wouldn't go scuba diving without a dive plan. I I don't get up and speak without a message plan. Parents, you cannot raise your family without a playbook of some sort, without establishing a game plan. See, I've seen families that don't have game plans, and they end up losing, they end up fragmented, they end up getting blown out by 31 points, and they wonder why. You have to have a playbook, you have to have a plan. Do you have that? More than 3,000 years ago, a guy by the name of Joshua, Joshua hit the court, he stepped up to the line, and he said this, he said, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods of our ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose lands we're now living. You could fill in something a little different there. Culture, the world today. But he says, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Joshua stepped up to that line. I mean, court's in session kind of thing here. Everybody's going to serve somebody. And the question is, do you know who you serve? Do you know what you serve in your life? It's real easy to figure out. It's whatever's the most important thing. It's the thing that demands and commands your schedule. It's the thing that takes priority over other things. It's the thing that rules. And it's interesting because many times for parents, the season's always changing what it is that's going to be on top. And I want to give you some homework. Over the next week, I want you to think about what, what is your plan? What, what is the playbook that you're going to work out of? What's your plan as a family? What, do you, what are your goals as a family? You know, step up to the line and decide what it is you're going to serve. I mean, for our family, it was bare bones. The playbook's always been very clear. God first, family second. Everything else came after that. 
And we built around that. We still build around that. It will determine how you spend your time, your energies, your money, and it is defining. And you say, well, I don't know that I need that. Well, you're just by default going to end up with something else that will dictate what's first, what's second, what's third. The other day I was playing a game with my grandkids, uh, Would You Rather. We'll be riding in a car or something, and they'll, uh, we'll, they'll go, oh, can we play Would You Rather? And so they're, they're, I'm not sure they totally understand the game sometimes because they'll come up with stuff like, uh, okay, would you rather sleep naked in, in, on a sled in the Antarctic uh, or would you rather sleep naked on a water tower in the Antarctic? And I, I'm kind of like, hmm, which one? They both sound pretty bad. I mean, is there a real difference? But anyway, we, we get a lot of weird, weird stuff that they'll put out there. But one of them come up with this for the would you rather. They said, would you rather have no friends or have no family? I thought, hmm, that's pretty good. Which started a very interesting conversation that we got sidetracked because they said, well, think of all the things you could do if you didn't have a family, <laughs> you know. I mean, they got, they got kind of excited about that. And they're like, well, we could uh, eat candy all the time and we could have pizza for every meal and we could stay up all night and we wouldn't have to go to school and, oh, man, no tests. And, I mean, all kinds of stuff they started talking about. But then Naya, she, she's our youngest one. She's six. This is what she said. She goes, well, if I didn't have a family... I wouldn't have anybody to tell me how to make good choices. To which the kids got really quiet, and then they all were like, ooh. And I'm like, yeah. She prays that all the time. She'd go, God, help us make good choices, you know. Parents, establish a playbook for your family. Just one or two sentences. These are the values that we're going to revolve around. These are the things that are taking top priority in our lives. These are the things we're going to build on as a family. Choose wisely, choose carefully. And saying it doesn't make it so. You got to do it. You got to live it. Kids will see through. You know, people say, oh, God's the most important thing. And if everything says God's not the most important, they will, they will figure it out. They will figure it out. Choose carefully. Set your priorities as a family. Kids gravitate toward a family that understands who they are. Because they will look and go, you know what? We got unity here. We got something going on here. This, this is important. And it, build, it builds a bond. It makes a difference. You will not regret it. You know, Joshua, he declares, he says, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I can guarantee you when he said those words, he thought about the words that Moses had first spoken. 
He thought about when he first heard on Mount Sinai words that that were life-changing. In fact, any good Israelite had this memorized. They knew it by heart. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your strength. That is a game plan. That is what we strive for. The next verse is really straight out of a, the, the playbook. It's given us a play on how, how do we implement that. It says, these commands that I give you today are to be on your hearts. How? Impress them on your kids. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. In other words, you, this ought to be central to the conversations and the life that you're living. He, he's challenging them with a game plan. He's showing them, saying, you know what, you can do this. And then he kind of shows the, the colors here as a way to remember. See, I wear this jersey. What do you think about? Kentucky? <laughs> yes, Kentucky fan. So he says, tie them as a symbol on your head and bind them on your forehead. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Some people still today physically do each of those things. It's the essence of I'm going to embed this. I'm going to put some things in my life so that I remember. See, I remember I'm a Kentucky fan because I got a Kentucky jersey on. Well, you need to remember that you're Christians and what God has, has placed you in your child's life to make a difference. You need to be remembering every day I need to make God known. See, it helps you with a game plan. It helps you have a playbook in life without it. Well, you end up in default, and most of the time you end up defeated. You end up defeated. And then play your position as parents. Carl Rush, Ken Clark, Don Utsi, Les Ramsey, Lynn Laughlin. My guess is, for most of you, those names mean zero. You go, I don't even know who they are. But for me, they speak volumes. They're they're names of former coaches that I had. And friends, coaches leave imprints on, on the kids they coach. And I understand what is the difference between a great coach and a and a good coach, what separates them. Great coaches recognize talent. Great coaches know their players well. They know their players better than the players know themselves sometimes. Great coaches, they, they know who can dribble. They know who can pass. They know who is good at setting picks. They know who can get open the easiest. They know who's good at shooting. They understand that, and they try things all the time. They're trying things, and they're trying players in one spot, and then they'll try them in another spot, and then another until they can find that good fit. They know how to put the player in the right position so that they can kind of showcase their talent. And what they do is they build strategies around that. They build strategies around the various talents, whatever they've got that year on the team, and they get the most out of a team. 
That's what great coaches do. Parents, your family is your team. Your children are part of the team, and you are the coach. You are the coach. You are called by God. God has placed them in your care, and you are to take charge of the team, and you're to help get the most out of the team and out of each of your children to help them find their full potential, which means you need to know God, and you need to know your children. You need to understand their strengths and their weaknesses, and I want you to listen carefully here. I didn't say the strengths that you want them to have, but the strengths that are God-given and natural to them. And you need to ask God for discernment and wisdom to try and do that. To ask God to, to help you in, in that process, to help your children uh, try things, experiment, so you can help them figure it out, applaud when, when they try things. You know, see what it is that puts wind in their sails because it will serve them well. What happens if you experiment with stuff? You go, hey, let's try this. Let's try this. It helps them figure out who they are. It helps them figure out vocationally where, where they're headed. It helps them identify their mission in life. It's not a wonder that we have kids going around that don't have a clue what to do about anything. We've got to make that a priority as a parent. Here, here's the interesting thing, I, I, just observation. Parents that are really good at cheering their kids on and helping them try things and helping them understand why they, they, they struggle in this area or that and why they're good at this. When you cheer your kids on, the thing I've observed, the kids will cheer the parents on. It's kind of a natural byproduct. It's really something beautiful when you see it. It's that team chemistry. It's that unity. It's that togetherness. And it is a score. It's a win-win when that happens. I know uh, many parents that that would say that they won't live out their, their lives through their kids or their fantasies or their dreams through their kids. And yet... I'll be honest, it's tempting, isn't it? You know, maybe we excelled at something or maybe we didn't do very well at something. And so the tendency, there's something in us that goes, okay, I wasn't very good at this, but you're going to be better at it. Or I I was really good at this, and so we're going to showcase you. We're going to take those skills, and we're going to put you in a position like nobody's ever seen before. And so we we press to to try and make it even better. And it's tempting, and I just want to say, don't put your children in a mole. Help them figure out who they are, who God created them to be. It doesn't work anyway. I'll just give you a heads up. You know, I was talking to a guy, this has been a while back, but in high school, he felt like God was calling him into ministry, and he, he, he tells the story that he was, he was really excited. And he went home and he told his parents, I, I think I'm going to go into to ministry, and his family was active in church, but when they told him, or when he told them, they were like, 
ministry? No, 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 no. That's not happening. You're going to go to this college. You're going to get this degree. Then you're going to go to grad school. And then you're going to marry the right girl. And he would tell you his spirit was broke that day. They broke his heart. And he ended up following his parents' pre-prescribed plan for his life. He went to that college that they chose. He went to graduate school that they chose. He found the right girl that they approved of. And friends, he has all the trinkets and all the toys and all the rewards. And on the outside, he looks very, very successful. But if you talk to him, if you know him, you find out pretty quick into a conversation that he feels like he's in prison and that he's just doing time. I believe that guy was meant for greatness. But the reality is he's in a game and he hates it. He hates it. I remember I asked him, I said, well, why are you doing it? I don't want to disappoint my mom and dad. See, he didn't want to disappoint the home team. And my point for sharing that is to say, don't let that happen in your family. Help your children discover their uniqueness. Help them reach their potential. Help them use their giftedness, their aptitude, and their abilities to leave the mark that God created them to leave, whatever it is. Have you ever noticed in basketball there's a shot clock? Shot clock has revolutionized the basketball game. I mean, it's just changed it. You know, in in college, it's 30 seconds. It's 30-second shot clock. You get 30 seconds to get the ball down the court and get a shot up and and actually connect with the rim. uh, And the whole time, clock's ticking. Parents, the clock is ticking. I don't care what age your kids are right now, clock's ticking. You only get your children for a season before they leave the nest. Now, I will tell you, both my kids are grown. You're always parenting. It's just, it, it's, you parent for a lifetime. But you get a season when they're in the nest and it's core. And it goes so fast. I mean... I can remember playing peekaboo with the kids, and then it seemed like just overnight they're saying, I do. And they were on and having their own families. You have to do life, you have to do the family thing with one eye on the clock. And you have to take your best shots while, while you can, while the kids are still there. I don't know if you figured out, this was a three-point message. That wasn't a mistake. Three-point shot, changed the game. Three-point shot allows you to come back a little quicker from, if you're behind. 
you know, the three-point shot, it, it changed things because instead of getting two, this side of the line I get two, this side I get three. People started taking the three, you know, so you could make that run a little, little faster at getting back. Some of you today, I know as I've been talking, you feel like, hmm, I'm falling behind as a parent. In fact, some of you may feel like, oh, I need to throw in the towel on this one. And I just want to say, never give up. Refuse to lose. It's never too late to raise your game. God will reward you when, when you put those labors forth. God loves your children. God loves your grandchildren. And God wants you to lead them and guide them. The fact is, God chose you to be the one that would lead them and guide them. And so I just want to say to parents and to grandparents, lock it up on this one. Get intense and say, you know what? I'm going to hit and shoot the threes. I'm going to try and work on these three things. Yes, anytime you take the three, you're going to throw up some air balls. And you're going to shoot and it's going to hit off the back rim once in a while and you're going to throw the ball out of bounds and you're going to travel once in a while and you're going to mess up. But you keep at it and you keep taking the shots and you keep trying to shoot those threes. You keep trying to work with your kids. Make sure that they know God and that they see it in your life. You know, develop a playbook and a a game plan and play your position. And while you're playing your position as parent, you're helping them find their position in life. And I believe if you do those three things, it pays in high dividends. And I want to say to you, the church wants to help you in that process. We want to help you because if you can get where pretty soon you're shooting the three and you go, nothing but net, it pays and high dividends because it marks your children who then, guess what? They're going to parent like you parent. You could change generations from now. I want to challenge you with that. Let, let, let's bow in a word of prayer. Our holy God, God, we, um, we come to you. I know there are many parents here today that kids are in the nest and God, I just pray that you would strengthen them, that you would continue to give them wisdom. That you would just guide them. God, that they would uh, major in what's important and let a lot of other things just go. God, I know there are grandparents, maybe neighbors. Maybe we never had kids, but we were around kids. And God, I pray you'd use us to make a difference in these young people's lives. God, you created the family. I pray that you would strengthen the family, that we would uh, just say and do the things that would please you. God, we give you the glory. We give you the praise with all we say and do. God's people sin. Just one word. Uh, you want to want to raise your game? I, I'd encourage you uh, sign up for our in the zone life groups uh, starting the the fourteenth, seven o'clock. Uh, David 
I was talking about it earlier, four consecutive weeks. It's not, it's not a long time. It's a short, short commitment. We're, we're going to break down the message each week, and uh, I, I would just challenge you to come be a part of it. And I know some of you are going, yeah, parents need to come do that. They, they, if your kids are grown already, or maybe you work in, in a perspective where maybe you never had kids, but you've got something to say, I'd encourage you to come be a part of the process. I think there's nothing more powerful than uh, someone whose children are already raised for them to say, you know, here's the areas I wish I had known what I know now. It registers with, with you. So we are called as a church to sharpen one another, to encourage one another, to cheer for one another. That's one of the ways we, we can do that is by just coming and being a part of, of the family together and try, trying to work through the, this stuff together. So I just challenge, challenge you with that. Uh, next week, uh, we're going to talk about uh, things that kids need, need in their lives. And um, next week, the sport, it's baseball. Mm, all right, all right. So wear your colors, I'll wear mine, all right? So we'll, we'll see what happens. So let, let, let's stand, let, let's worship and uh, praise God together today.